Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's the Nolan Podcast from National Oil and Lube News. I'm the editor, Matt Hudson. We have an excellent forward-looking episode for you today. My colleague, digital multimedia editor Noah Brown, sits down with Donnie Safer, who is the executive director of the National Automotive Service Task Force. And they talk about uh, emerging technologies and trends that they see coming from the OEM space, from the automotive space, that repairers and automotive maintenance servicers are going to need to pay attention to if they're going to keep up with these new trends. Now, they have a really interesting conversation, and it dovetails uh, with something that we at our company are putting on. That is the ADAPT Summit that takes place on December 5th through 7th in Nashville, Tennessee. It's our event, and it is going to focus on those, uh, like I said, emerging technologies, the latest cutting-edge trends that you're seeing, including the electrification of vehicles, ADOS systems, self-driving technology, and much more with a focus on that repair and maintenance audience and shop owners. You can find more information about that summit at adaptsummit.com but in the meantime please enjoy this very informational uh, chat between uh, Noah Brown and Donnie Safer. We've had this huge explosion of technology in the automotive industry, regardless of that, if that's AVs, uh, EVs, ADOS technologies, other advancements, and it seems like it's not slowing down anytime soon. How quickly do you think uh, technology will continue to progress in the industry. Well, if you go back to the old the old rules, you know, what, when we used to look at service information, we found that it more than doubled every year. Um, I think one of the limiting factors here is that autonomous isn't coming right away. Not not at the speed that some of the evangelists for autonomous we're talking about and and i think that what that means is there will be a lot of autopilot and and things like that that will be um you know coming out and, and a lot of the systems that are already on cars that, that you know we consider new aid us and things like that they'll become more refined which i think is a fabulous thing slowing down the delivery of this technology so that the root systems that support some of these capabilities um, and so that training information and quite frankly, even service information has a chance to catch up with it. I think that's all good stuff. No, nobody's getting hurt by that. Um, people don't need autonomous vehicles to get to work. Um, so if, if you know, the, the few use cases that are so specific to an autonomous vehicle are not worth going out and having people have broken cars and get killed over. And that seems to be kind of the the general consensus with everyone I've talked to where it is uh, we're kind of in this weird spot where there is a lot of technology advancing and a lot of people are getting ready for kind of the EV, AV revolution, if you want to call it. But there's also, I mean, with any new technology, there are going to be hiccups. There are going to be bumps along the road. And there's still plenty of room for ICEs in the automotive space. However, there are some some general consensus that I've seen as well in these conversations that I've been having uh, is that the repair industry is seeming to be lagging behind uh, the the technology, the times. What what are your thoughts on that and what can the industry do to kind of play catch up here? Well, I think that it's a tough call, right? When, you, when you're trying to decide when to learn a technology, you have to kind of look at what you're working on. You have to look at your market. So for the collision industry, 
yeah, they've, they've got to, I mean, they need to be running full speed um, because so many just general things they do that, you know, are considered repairing a crash can have, um, they can impact those systems and they need to know what they're doing on the front end to save, one, to save money, but also to save cycle time. But on the, on the service repair side, I mean, let's face it, we're working on 11 to 15 year old cars and freaking out about whether you're going to be able to fix a car that's got ADOS when quite frankly, the kinds of repairs that we get involved with that we've been doing for a long time, recalibrating, you know, steering angle sensors and, and things like that. And I mean, for a repair shop to say, well, I'm going to learn how to calibrate cameras. When a car gets hit hard enough in a repair or a collision environment that that camera needs to be replaced, most likely that car is totaled. Um, so, you know, I think there, you have to put some common sense around when and what to catch up with. Um, I'm absolutely an advocate for learning how the systems work so that as you're working on new things, when they show up in the shop, you can go, oh, I see. You know, that it's nice to know that it's there rather than, you know, I remember the very first time I saw a fuel injection system on a 1986 Mustang. Underside of that hood was the most wild, weird thing I'd ever seen. Um, and so, you know, but once I learned how this worked and, and uh, you know, cause I didn't have any Euro experience, we didn't work on them. So I, I think that's the big thing It's just awareness. And then, then you can make smart decisions about does my shop have a customer base? Um, because, you know, learning stuff, I remember we learned hybrids and we were in such a big hurry to learn hybrids. I was teaching hybrids, believe it or not, in 1997. Really? Well, most shops couldn't even fix them. And they were like, "You can you do a hybrid class for us? And I'm like, okay. I mean, but really what I'm going to do is safety because about the only thing you're doing to them right now might be changing oil. And, um, you know, it was so premature. Um, so I think, you, you know, there, where there's opportunities to learn systems, that's extremely valuable. Um, if you've got a market and you're working on them, by golly, you better you better get caught up, and um, and, and then that you know that's a whole other topic. So I'll, I'll let you ask your questions. It kind of actually uh, leads into my next one a little bit. I you know obviously, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, kind of in that weird spot of not necessarily sure, like still working as you mentioned, working on 12, 13 year old cars that are you know ICEs, not a whole lot of ADOS systems technology in there. Uh, but then also wanting to prepare for the future. At what point can shops no longer ignore the developing technology trends? At what point do they have to jump on board? Well, I think when they're showing up in their shop, that they, they have to they have to be up to speed. When you're turning away jobs and you're turning them away on a regular basis because you're not equipped, um, that that's a problem. But here's the thing: that's going to be incremental. Right. That's that's not going to be just overnight. 50 new customers came in last month because they all bought cars on the same day and they all need them fixed on the same day. So I think that, you know, at, at the risk of encouraging people to not even bother trying, because that's not what I'm saying. Um, it, it's incremental. You're going to start hearing you're going to have people come in and you're going to say, well, I can't even do an alignment on that if I don't if I'm not either a equipped right or or trained right. Better think about what I should do there or. I can't even do general engine repair on this thing because I got to yank the whole front clip off of it. And then that requires all this other work. And I'm either I have to farm that out to a dealer 
and you know that those i think are going to be the the indicators that your market is ready for that type of work um if you don't want to be the if you don't want to be the early adopter and you want to be the just-in-time adopter then I, then i think you let your customers drive that or you're going to have to go out and look for the business to rationalize the tools that will become outdated before they become mainstream so so as you're mentioning like it is it is possible and very common for shops to kind of get overwhelmed looking at all this new technology thinking they have to do everything right away when really as you mentioned uh it, it's not going to happen overnight there are still probably the next decade we'll probably we'll see kind of the the more mainstream adoption of some of these new technologies such as EVs or more advanced ADOS systems. So for shops that are that are looking to kind of get started to try and figure this out, to figure out what kind of tools they need, what kind of training they need, do you have any general recommendations, general advice for for where they should get started? Um, yeah, well, and, and one thing I, I just want to kind of um, uh, correct or rephrase about what you said is it's not the adoption, it's the actual appearance with a need for a repair that's really going to drive this Okay. Um, because adoption's already happening. Right. I mean, I, my mom's got a 2020 escape and it's got that 360 system in it. And it, it can do everything. Does it need anything? Not at the moment, but she, we just replaced her other 2020 that got wrecked. And I saw on the, uh, on the inf- uh, invoice or the estimate from the collision shop, they were going to have to take the windshield out to make one of the repairs and they put in there that they may have to calibrate the, the camera. So, so, you know, adoption's already happening. It's more the, when are they going to present themselves to us that, that, you know, I think is key. So my recommendation is this, a lot of the training classes that are being built are being built because instructors who are smart folks sit down with the service information and read about, you know, description of operation and how does the system work and to me that's the perfect way to learn about what technology is out there target a brand that you work on and or that you have interest in and read about read those descriptions of operation i mean it's really inexpensive training when you think about it you pay for a subscription to an automaker's website um, and you look up the absolute newest model years which you know you may not be working on for another five years but you you pull those, uh, pull that information up and you go look for that. You go over, look for that, but automakers don't call it ADOS, right? Because the way they approach it is this system, which has a driver assistance system in it. So you're going to actually be going to braking or steering, uh, or internal controls and instrumentation to find that information. So it's not like you can just go look up Tell me how all your ADOS stuff works, because that's not kind of the way they present it. Mm-hmm. So I've been asking people um, just kind of to, to end our conversations. Uh, once you get past kind of, you know, there's the abundance of new technology, the abundance of new information that's coming out. Uh, this is a really exciting time for the automotive industry in general and the repair industry specifically. Um just with the amount of opportunities that independent shops have to kind of further separate themselves from the pack and really make a name for themselves with some of this emerging technology. So just kind of overall in the next five, 10, 15 years, how optimistic and excited are you for where the industry is headed? Well, I think one of the things that having all this technology in the cars will do is the technicians who step up and, and 
learn how to do it and do it well, they will um, be accepted as the, the level of professionals that they actually already are. And it's an unfortunate situation that people assume that just because sometimes when you work on a car, because it drives on the streets, you get dirty. And that somehow or another, that's that's your value. That that part just frustrates the hell out of me. But the uh, a lot of this stuff, I mean, everybody's intimidated by it. I mean, consumers are going to be intimidated by it. I mean, I drive this stuff and I'm thinking this is going to be so cool when it grows up and actually works right. Um, <laughs> But, you know, the, so to me, the biggest the biggest takeaway for this is I think technicians will be recognized for the skills that they possess. And, and quite frankly, a lot of the skills they already possess are far more difficult to get than working with a computer who's actually helping you through the process. Um, so 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 for most of them, instead of freaking out, I don't I don't think this is a big lift. For, for our folks. I mean, they've had to figure out engines that were built different model year to model year and, and all of that stuff. These systems functionally do the same thing. They image what's around them. They determine if there's threats and then they react to them. And as long as you understand that piece, it's just how many sensors do they have and how do I make sure they're pointed in the right direction? <laughs>